<laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Below Average Show's MMA Podcast, episode number 86. It's Monday, mm. we're here, starting off a brand new week, <clears throat> and we're bringing you guys another results and recap episode, this time mm-hmm. for Hashtag UFC Vegas 23, headlined by a statement victory by Mr. Marvin Vittori over... Kevin Holland, who, shout out to him for stepping up on yeah. late notice, short notice, I should say. Uh, your host, as always, I'm Noah B. That's Dominic Salee. Yep. It's his birthday. It is. Not Dom- Monday you're hearing this, but the day we're yeah, recording yeah, yeah. this. But, uh, Dominic, how are you doing? Another year older. Woke up this morning and my back's broken. Yeah, welcome to the club, uh, 23 and me. Yeah, so uh, struggling, if I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. No, it's been a great day so far, and we're... In the studio, going to talk about some fights. What better way to have a birthday, really, you know? I mean, talking about what you love. Pretty fun. Yeah. We got I some mean, pizza. Surprise yes. pizza delivered Yeah, your mo- the your, mo- your mommy sent, yes. you, sent you some Domino's. Yes. Sent us some Domino's, yes. I should say. Much appreciated. Because I decided to make sure that we were recording yeah. in the time frame that she would deliver it. This is true. So I could partake. This but, is uh, true. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm enjoying your birthday just as much as you are. There you go. How was your weekend? Uh, it was pretty good, man. Just same old, same old business. Uh, enjoying kind of a couple of days off work, as is the rest of the country. <laughs> uh, watching the fight Saturday, uh, it was really nice. I, I'm I'm actually growing to really like the early cards. Yeah, I was just about to ask you how because you like them. It, it feels good to you know. And a lot of this does have to be because I'm a younger guy, but even as I get older. I don't think this is going to change very much. You know, I like to spend my weekends with my friends, mm-hmm. doing some fun stuff. So, like, Saturday night, you know, maybe I am at a bar. Maybe yeah. I'm going out to eat somewhere or just having some drinks at a house or something. You know, I sometimes I don't want to have to focus on UFC while right. I'm doing that. So or you can no. get them done earlier in the day now. So now when you have these cards that start at noon 1, 2 p.m., it's really nice when you get done with that. Then it's like, okay, now I can go and have a few beers or go out to eat or whatever. It feels good to just have the rest of the day. And internationally, it seems like it just benefits everyone. Well, the, Are it UK definitely friends? does. UK, the United Kingdom is pretty much, by all the measurements, biggest, the yeah. second biggest market for MMA. And even like you know the Abu Dhabi AE region, because that's yeah. the Habib card was at two for yeah. that specific reason. So it just seems that these... Like you said, noon, one, two, three o'clock start times benefit everyone. I, I definitely think pay per views kind of deserve that later yeah, time. Yeah. Um, I think that helps buy rates sometimes. But man, fight nights. But fight nights. I'm fine. I'm, with this. I would be happy if they did all of them like yeah. this, you know. But uh, yeah. let us know what you guys think. Yeah. Late night fights, early afternoon fights, a good mixture. You know where to do. Leave a voice message. Let us know. Yeah. Well said. You know, early plug, why not? Yeah. So before we kind of get into recapping the fights that we watched Saturday afternoon, it's time for uh, the news. The news. Not a lot. You know, we, we did drop a bomb yeah. on uh, Friday. With like 12 fight announcements. Yeah, so all we have here is one for the rest, and it's, uh, nowhere. it's a downer. Yeah, it it's a downer and a half, ain't it? So promising UFC flyweight, Jimmy... The Brick. The Brick Flick has announced his retirement from MMA. Yeah, man. Pretty much, uh, not, this isn't word for word, but his statement 
was essentially that uh, his goal was to get to the UFC. But, you know, when he was looking 10 years out, he his goal, you know, he wasn't, it was, I forget how he was kind of wording it. It was uh, family first. He was essentially, he first. was saying, um, you know, my family is the ones that are there that care about mm-hmm. me. My kids care about me. My wife cares about me. He's like, the UFC doesn't care about me. So he's like, in 10 years from now, he's like, I want to be more, he's like, I want to be about all about them, yeah. not about the UFC. Yeah. So, you know, can't blame him. It appears his mind is just, he wanted to, he wants to go accomplish some other goals he has and that are outside of MMA, and I wish him all the best. I'm sure you do as well. Yeah, but man. I mean, he had one of the best submissions all of 2020, yeah, the flying triangle. Cody Durden. Yeah, that was crazy. He was really one of the better prospects coming into that flyweight division that has been becoming so stacked recently it sucks to see him go but best of well he was scheduled what, to uh yeah scheduled to fight in may against, may 8th uh, against davison's brother yeah that's true was it francisco francisco figueredo yeah. yeah and uh obviously with this retirement that fight's quit. not going to happen now but yeah in that flyweight division you know it's uh they're not exactly it's not exactly a stacked division when you get to the back end uh, there's not. I shouldn't say it like that. There's, there's not a ton of guys in that division. Yeah. So a guy like Jimmy, Flick, he was the breath of fresh was, air. Yeah, who was really kind of coming into his own and making some big strides. Who there's no telling what his career could have yeah, went contender to. Contender series guy, but you know. this year, next year, there's no telling what kind of heights he could have got to. But I'm sure he's just as aware of that as we are. Yeah. So. All the best to him, right? Shout out to Jimmy the Brick Flick. Right. And that's it for the news. That's all of it. Um, No real fight announcements or any, you know, big news stories over the weekend. Mm -hmm. We're all caught up. It kind of happens. You know, we get that bomb dropped on us after nine days off. And then we have two days later we're recording again. So, it uh, can't expect too much all the time. But we do have some fights to recap for you guys. This is true. So we did end up with a five-fight main card, and dare I say, I I, I think it lived up. You it was know, a good th- card. I think it was a good card overall. Um, before we get into the actual main card that we previewed, as always now, we do have a prelim notable for yes. each of us. Yes, and, sir. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do mine first because this guy opened the entire card. Crazy. Feels like it's only right to give him that first spotlight. Impa Kazaganai. Oh, man. Some of you might have heard of this guy because of his... For the wrong reasons. <laughs> well, yeah, but first, if you're like us... Yes, true. Contender Series, he made a big splash on there. Was very, undefeated. Very nice, very just, you know, the personality was So well-spoken, respectful, yeah. uh, and a killer in the cage. But then some of you probably, <laughs> whether you know him by name or not, you know him for being the guy on the yeah. wrong end of that knockout yeah. by Joaquin Buckley. The Jeff Hardy (laughs) spinning kick to the face. Um, Yeah, so that was the last time we had seen him. It was a really tough loss to take. You know, and that's going to be forever (laughs) shown on on highlight highlight tapes. But for him to come back here against Sasha Palatnikov, who's a very interesting fellow in his own right. This is a Caucasian man who was born in Hong Kong that speaks perfect English. Yeah, a lot of intangibles. Just a a lot of questions, right? But Impa submits him with a rear naked choke 26 seconds into the second round. Just looked fantastic. This was his debut at 170. He dropped down in weight. And looked good. And he just looked like a completely different fighter. Physically, 
and he just looked more loose in the cage. And uh, yeah, it was a great performance and a big bounce back for him. And hopefully this run at 170 will go, I don't want to say better, his run at 185 was good. Hopefully he just doesn't have any more of those kind of... Yeah. I mean, that's not just any loss. That's something that's going to be forever oh, yeah. kind oh, of yeah. enshrined. So, um, Showed off his well-roundedness. Yeah. A lot of groundwork. Had the submission. Yeah. And uh, I moved his camp to Sanford MMA. So we see that that's coming, becoming one of the more prominent camps in MMA these mm-hmm. days. So a big move for him, but rightfully so, to be the prelim notable for you. Great. Now, now your prelim notable? Now mine, I went back and forth because you made a good... Um, Debate for uh, Jargis Donho, the German heavyweight who dismantled Jorgen DeCastro. First fight since 2016. However, I'm giving my prelim notable to Matisse Gamrot. Got the KO-TKO a minute and 22 seconds into round number two against Scott Holtzman, a crafty vet that's been in there with guys such as Benil Dayush and been into absolute wars. Gamrot, known as a very dominant wrestler, Stood and banged with Scott Holtzman this whole time. Rocked him in the second round. Got the TKO finish. So it's good when you see these guys that are known for their wrestling and their grappling showing their expanded skill sets. Gets a knockout over a guy that's as tough as they come in Scott Holtzman. Uh, After really, Holtzman was doing well in that first round for the most part. Gamrock, I still think, won it. But either way, it was a tough test for him. And now I think he's 14-1. and So he looked very impressive, and uh, he'll be making his way up the rankings sooner than you'd have to think there. So big win for Gamrot over Scott Holtzman. That's my prelim yeah, notable. Well said. There was a couple others you could have picked, like mm-hmm. that, or we could have picked, like Daun Jung with that big win over William yeah. Knight. Like you said, Jarjee Stano just one-punch Yeah, folded Jorgen DeCastro. Even though you see at heavyweight those kind of one-punch KOs, not like that. They, they hit different, man. Yeah. But uh, it was uh, definitely a lot of takeaways on those prelims. And, uh, yes, the I'm undefeated Welshman, that. Jack Shore. Be on the oh, yeah, right, right, Jack Shore as well. So, yeah. Now on to the main card. We open our card at welterweight. Daniel Rodriguez getting it done over Mike Perry via unanimous decision, 30-27 on two judges' scorecards, and then 30-26. Put on uh, a clinic. One-sided, man. A beatdown. Striking clinic. Striking clinic, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's no other way to really word this. Um, you know, Rodriguez was probably, we both picked him to win. Yeah. And I'm not sure what the odds were or kind of what the consensus was on this fight, but you got to think Mike Perry being kind of a bigger name in MMA, not necessarily for all the right reasons, but, um, known to be in wars. Yeah. You kind of have to think that maybe Rodriguez was being a little overlooked in this match. Yeah, I agree. Um, Especially because he was coming off a loss. Someone put yeah. that in quotations over Nicholas Dalby. And for him to come out here and just... I mean, Mike Perry had nothing. Oh, yeah. You he, know, I, I, I... Not to sound disrespectful, but... there It just looked like Mike Perry was completely lost in there. Yep. Um, I don't know what his game plan was, but all we really saw from him was just getting punched in the face. I mean, right. That was, that was about it. Yeah. And... You know, you got to think that he's now below 500 in the UFC. He's 7 and 8 now. Right. I don't really see where he goes from here. He's one, got one fight one left, fight on, left on, his on the contract. contract. Yeah. So obviously, that's a sink or swim type yeah. fight. Even if he wins it, I'm not sure really yeah. where he goes from there. He's in an interesting spot. But Daniel Rodriguez, biggest win of his career. 
Good for him too, man. This guy's fourteen and two. Finishes so many of his fights. Should be five and zero in the UFC. Like Noah said, yeah. controversial decision in his last one. Nevertheless, still four and one. Very good striking. Good clinch work. Good takedown defense. I mean, this guy's a legit threat here with this. You know that probably twenty to twenty five range. Obviously, yeah. they don't have numbers next to their names, but he's slowly approaching the top fifteen rankings. And with performances like this, it won't be long before he's there. What do you think? One, maybe two more wins, depending on how he gets it done. It, it, a lot of it depends on the opponents, yeah. too. But I would say if he can get an opponent above Mike Perry, it's one more. Yeah, yeah. And with a performance like that, I really have high hopes for his kind of future in the division. Right. You know, he looked big in there. Uh, he's big, Mike uh, Perry's a big welterweight, you know, at least... Uh, and D Rod was noticeably bigger. Yeah, maybe I, not muscular wise, because Perry's you know that's what I was about to say. Mike Perry's not big at welterweight, he's, like tall. But yeah, he's, he's just thick, thick. Yeah. And uh, Rodriguez was able to kind of he's hold long, up stature wise yeah, to him. Tall, very strong. Um, yeah, but I, I don't want you know I wanted to give Rodriguez kind of his moment there, but really the bigger story for me is Mike Perry. Appears to today be a worse fighter than he was when he was first being introduced into the UFC. Right. Yeah, I mean, he came into the UFC at 7-0, and man. It's crazy. And, and he, not, was, and he not, was looking like even, a killer. And not even just that, because a lot of guys, you see these guys that come yeah. in undefeated from kind of those the indie scene. They come in, and they don't last. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Thomas Almeida we just talked yeah. about. That's a guy who went like 20-0 and yeah. on the regionals. Comes to the UFC. Doesn't quite have the same level of success. But Mike Perry, even in the UFC, he was starching people. We've seen him. I mean, he has a decision whenever Paul Felder. Yeah, that's true. And that was one, even though it was a split decision, that was one I thought he clearly won. Yeah, yeah. He's had some really good moments. I mean, the, the Jake Ellenberger. Mickey Gall, even as recent. Yeah, the Jake Ellenberger knockout. Yeah, that was brutal. Um, He's had these moments where you're like, okay, this guy could be a legit you know, prospect for this division. Then in other moments where you're like, oh. What's wrong? And know? I just can't get past that. It, I think he just doesn't have much of a support system around him. And I'm yeah, not a lot talking, of people are calling for a better camp. I'm not talking like family. You know, I know he's got he's got his I don't know fiance and then yeah baby, the baby now. I'm not talking about that. I just mean like camp. a full team. You know, yeah. a team of people that are really kind of working with getting him. it all out of him. Yeah, you know, it's not you even though. MMA is an individual sport. It really is a team. Yeah, that's that's became very clear. Like, yeah, at the end of the day, it's one v one in the cage. Yeah, but the work that goes into prep preparing for the fight is a team effort. Right. And if he doesn't have that kind of system around him, this is what we're going to see from him. Yeah, it's very true. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Like you said, one more fight on his contract, win or lose, he's still in a pickle. And again, for D-Rod, man, be on the lookout for Rodriguez. Young guy, very good striking. I'm excited to see what comes next for him. Agreed. Moving on to women's strawweight, Mackenzie Dern. I mean. Continuing her run here. Gets the arm bar finish over Nina Nunes. Yeah. Four minutes, 48 seconds into the very first round. Doing what she does best. You know, it. it's about time that if Mackenzie Dern gets a hold of a girl's arm it's i a, think they just need to call the fight yeah because someone's a, gonna get their arm snapped oh yeah she about snapped that new nina's in half <sighs> yeah um and she's so patient yeah looking for the opening 
And then when she finds it and gets that lock in, you're, it's over. You're done. Mm-hmm. She's so patient on the ground. She doesn't just quickly transition, grab your arm, pull you back, and then you know have the possibility to lose her positioning. She's so methodical and fun to watch grapple. You really see how many levels above she is in the jiu-jitsu game. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you there. It's um, it's just been really impressive to kind of see the growth of McKenzie over the last year yes. or so. You know, 2020, very close to being our female fighter of the year, if yeah. not for Chris Cyborg. Um, and the growth she showed not only in her kind of one of the biggest one being like the physical, like she just looked more in shape for her, her body transformation division. has been great. We're talking about someone that used to struggle weight cutting down. I mean, remember when she fought, I believe it was Amanda Cooper missed by what? Seven, pounds? seven pounds. But yeah. now man, she is lean. She's very muscular, very strong doing like power lifting her transformation. And this is all postpartum after a baby yeah. too, which is even more impressive. She, she's on an absolute tear four in a row. Now three of them via submission. And her striking that is evolving. That was going to be my other thing. That fight yeah. with Virna Jandadoba, not fight. that Virna is much of a striker, but both ladies just kind of standing toe-to-toe yeah. in the middle of the octagon and just slugging it out. And not even in like a sloppy way. Like McKenzie looked very competent. Yeah. Very comfortable. I'm not necessarily ready to say that she can strike with the best strikers of the division. Yeah. And that'll get play into a little bit of matchmaking. But... She's at least growing into being well-rounded enough to yeah. where I think she can hold her own anywhere. Yeah. It's, and that's it's good very enough. dangerous. When you have an elite skill like she does in her jiu-jitsu. All she needs is... And yeah. everything else just be good. Yeah. That's all you need. You're talking champion yes. level, championship level. And right if there. it... I mean, we're talking... She's 27, 28. She's just going to keep improving. Not even in her physical prime. Yeah. Man. I mean, this is a potential future champion here. And a lot of people... Saw this coming from her to begin with when she first started in the UFC, but now this is a whole different ballgame we're talking with Dern. Yeah, I completely agree. As for what's next for Mackenzie Dern, I think there's one obvious choice. That's got to be Yoana Young Jane Jack. You know, okay. So they matched up with Nina Nunes, formerly Nina Ansarov, by the way, if anybody yeah. was confused. Um, and Nina's a great striker. And Mackenzie held her off, pressed her up against the cage, and that's all. that was that. But Yoana... Is like the next level striker. She you know is what I mean? The like, elite of the elite. Like you look at the top, the champion and number one and number two, those are the elite <clears throat> strikers. Wei Lee, right. Rose, Joanna. And then it, there's everybody else. Yeah. So with McKenzie getting a fight against Joanna, she's put into that next echelon of fighters. Right. So it's interesting. And like we were discussing off air, does Joanna want, does that even interest Joanna? She seems so interested in just big fights, title fights. Does she take a fight like that? There have been some whispers that maybe Joanna is nearing some sort of retirement. Mm-hmm. It could be possible. Um, but if she's not, this is the this fight. This is the take. fight, yeah. I think it's a big fight. I actually think it's the biggest fight outside of a Whaley rematch or Rose 3. Yeah, yeah. Which... There's no reason to have her and Rose fight because Rose time. won. Yeah, but I'm just saying that outside of those two, I think like, Mackenzie Dern is a bigger fight for her than Joden Young. And if, and if you're looking name value, Mackenzie now going to enter into that top five, 
top six. She's going to be the biggest name yeah. outside of those top three women. Completely agree. And it, it helps that Carla Esparza and Jonan Yan are booked. That fight's happening Carlos Barza's already fought Joanna. That was how Joanna yep. won the belt, which is kind of crazy yeah. to see how that's turned out. But um, there's no reason that McKenzie won't be the fight for her. If that's and, what, sorry, go ahead. If Joanna wants to keep <laughs> right. fighting, if Joanna wants to keep fighting, that's if, if she turns this kind of fight down, and you know there could be a multitude of reasons, mm-hmm. but if, if this is like where she goes, ah, now I'm good. She's probably. Pretty much done. I'd, I'd headline a fight night with Dern and Yoana. Yeah, I, I think you easily agree. could. Uh, I think Dern really is kind of the next big superstar in this division. And it's a test for both women in polar opposite areas. Because right. like I said, Dern fought Nina Nunes, which is a big step up in striking. But now it's Joanna, A world champion Muay Thai fighter. Six title defenses. One of the greatest women's fighters still in the world today. Can she can she face that level of striker and find success? And for Joanna, we've seen her have such good takedown defense, she hardly ever gets taken down. But Dern, again, is kind of a next-level grappler. So it, that would be just such an interesting fight. Give me five rounds of that all day in a, a fight night main event. I'm going with Joanna as well. As for Nina Nunes, mm-hmm. tough loss after a long layoff. But she's going to be right outside that top five now. I think that a reasonable matchup, um, you might disagree, Tisha Torres. Yeah, I saw some people calling for that one. Tisha kind of having that career resurgence right now. Um, I was going to do Karate Hottie. Michelle Watterson would be my pick. So I think both make sense. Michelle Watterson, a popular pick for you in this. uh, I'm just ready to see her get back in there. I I like that uh, it appears Michelle does have a lot of options. Yeah, she's sitting at that, that sweet spot number eight. Kind of like two fights away if she can win from a title, yeah. but still if she loses, she kind of always stays where she is. Right. And it'd be a, you know a good fight, a striking battle. That would be fun to watch. Uh, so I would go her and Michelle, but uh, a tough fight with Tisha is a great fight as well. Especially yeah. with Tisha. Again, I, was actually, I was actually really close to putting her with uh, number seven, Claudia Gadelia. Yeah. That w- I will say it would have been a rematch. Nina looked really good when she fought Claudia the first time, but again, Claudia is such a dog. And, like, yep. just that grappling style, she can cause issues for anyone on a good night. Yep. She says just these inconsistent evenings and razor-close decisions. Yeah, she, she is a bit inconsistent. Yeah, but, it's um, It just, and I get it's a rematch, but it kind of just is where it's, like, where the cards are kind of falling right now that I, I can see that match up being made. Yeah, yeah. But I would rather see her fight a fresh matchup in Michelle or Tisha. I'll say one dark horse. I know we've been getting better just giving one a piece. Yeah. But one little dark horse just throw out there, Marina Rodriguez. Yeah. Another battle of strikers. Marina coming off that big win against Hebos. I know Nina they'll probably I don't know, Nina's gonna get pushed back. McKenzie's gonna come up. Marina's number six. I don't know who's gonna go where. I think that would be a fun striking battle, but first and foremost her and Michelle or as Noah said, her and Tisha. Those are our two yeah. options. Nice. After that, big middleweight fight here. Uh, Julian Marquez. The Cuban Missile Crisis. The Cuban Missile Crisis, man. Continuing kind of this uh, this little what interesting a, character run. We I see. love this guy. Yeah. I, Give I mean, this guy a microphone, and he just takes off. Look, I'm, you know, I, I, I said in the preview that I was, uh, you know, I wasn't all in on the Cuban Missile Crisis, but <laughs> he gets it done again over Sam Alvey. With a, it brutally, might I add. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's ruled a technical submission, rear naked choke. 
two minutes, seven seconds into the second round. The official fight of the night. Officially the fight of the night. Not quite what we're going to go mm-hmm. with. But I really had a lot of fun with this fight. It was a lot. It was very one-sided. Yeah. <laughs> As you pointed out, Marquez very much had was landing the harder shots. Mm-hmm. was hurting Alvy a lot more. But Alvy did have his moments where he would rock Marquez. He him, yeah. And again, this is going to lead into kind of, I don't want to be that guy. But it's always something, you know, Marquez, and there is a there is a spot for him in being in this kind of role where it's like a guy who's always in these dog fights. Yeah. But am I quite ready to buy into him as like a, do I think his ceiling is like title contender? I, I'm not there yet. He's good. We just... He still finds himself in trouble. Yeah. You know? And you know, the Maki Patolo fight was very he was much getting in Patolo's, dominated. Yeah, yeah. Way. But there is something to be said about a guy who always finds a way to win. And now, all nine wins via finish. And he's very exciting yes. with that kind of statistic. And when he gets on the mic after, he has fun with it. <laughs> hey, Miley Cyrus call out first, then yesterday calling out the entire Kansas City Chiefs roster for a game of pickleball? Yeah. <laughs> what? Or badminton. Or badminton. He, he essentially wants to be labeled the baddest man from Kansas City. Oh, so why not yeah. take on the Super Bowl champion Chiefs? Yeah. You know. It's just, it's fun. And guess what? You got Travis Kelsey responding to yeah. it, Patrick Mahomes, yeah. and Tyreek Hill. All three of them. I think it's going to get done. We're going to see a pickleball tournament. Or bad <laughs> I mean, it, it's just wild to see that this guy who <laughs> didn't even have the check mark before the Miley Cyrus kind of call out. He's becoming like a household name. Yeah, and it's now, crazy. And I mean, really, he's 2 0 in 2021. Yeah. Kind of the early, I guess, first name to pop up on a radar for potentially. Yeah, if a he stays active. Year, that's you know? true. Two wins um, already, and it's just, just throwing that out there. I mean, I don't want to jinx the guy, but yeah. and it's still early in the year. But You love when you can find success and a guy's good on the mic and just fun. It's yeah. similar to like a Kevin Holland of last year, you know? Yeah. Now, for Marquez, do you see him getting a top 15 off of this? Right at number 15, Sean Strickland. <laughs> banger, banger, banger. Sean Strickland on a career resurgence of his own right now on a three-fight win streak. Last one coming against Brendan Allen in a fight I picked Brendan Allen to win. Allen, a stud in his own right. That'd be fun, man. That would just be such a great stylistic matchup, a really fun fight. And it does give Marquez the chance to tickle the top 15 rankings without throwing him into the pond, you yeah. know? Because Strickland just now earned his way there. I think that's a really good fight. I'm actually going to go with number 13, Amari Akhmadov. Ah, interesting test. So, Akhmadov, uh, very much a... a sl- he, he very much controls the pace of his fights by slowing them down. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a grappler, but he, he will just kind of methodically just pace himself through the fight. Yeah. You know, he doesn't do too much, goes to a lot of decisions. Marquez is not quite that same fighter. Right. <laughs> Marquez will kind of get dirty in the fight like Akhmedov will, but he likes to do some exciting finishes. Yeah. Really will op- leave his chin open in order to land the harder punch kind of thing. I think that could lead to a very fun test for him. Yeah. You know, because Akhmedov being a veteran, but being someone who... Plays it safe a little bit. I, I could see there I being agree. a lot to learn off of a fight like that for yeah. Marquez. Yeah, that would be very interesting to see how he would um, kind of react in a fight like that. Because yeah. we saw the the pressure that Patolo put on 
that's going to be multiplied with a guy like Agmedov, mm-hmm. you know? So that, that would be a really fun stylistic fight. Marquez, man, the Cuban Missile Crisis continues to strike. What a guy. What <laughs> yeah. a guy. And what a nickname. Oh, yeah. He's going to keep finding himself on main cards, I guarantee you that. Oh, yeah. I mean, pay-per-view or not, he's he going to be on. got this on ABC. Yeah, exactly. Got, he's been on both ABC shows yeah, this year. They gave him the fight of the night. Yeah. Even though we're not quite going there, still a fun fight. Probably going to be the most, like, uh, viewer-friendly fight. Yeah, yeah, like, Probably for, sure. for any viewer, this is going to be the fight that they're, like, the most fun with. Yeah. But, yeah, can't. That's a... To take like exactly. to take away from him there. Love this guy. Co-made event. Our fight of the night. Our fight of the night. Arnold Allen Man. gets one up on Sadiq Yusuf in the battle of these uh, promising young featherweights. Twenty nine, twenty eight on all three judges' scorecards. What were your thoughts here? Completely agree with the scorecards. Yep. Uh, what a fight. What a chess match. I mean, we really hit this one spot on. We don't do that all the time. We we hit and miss. You know, it's it's part of the game. But we really, this is what we expected outside of the power from Arnold Allen really showed here. In the first round, drops Sadiq with a cross. In the second round, drops him with a, um, a high kick. And then in the third round, Yusuf bounces back to his credit. Honestly, Sadiq looked good all three rounds if you take away those two big moments for Allen. It was really back and forth. Sadiq with the higher output, I believe, almost doubled Allen in strikes. But again, when you're getting knocked down in rounds one and rounds two, it's going to be hard to seal the deal on the judges' scorecards. He couldn't get the stoppage in round three. Arnold Allen, now on a 10-fight win streak, undefeated in the UFC at 8-0. And I'm telling you right now, he's welcoming Josh Emmett back. Ooh, That's fun, the fight. Fun. That is the fight. A technical striker <laughs> versus the power striker. My goodness gracious, a huge leap for Arnold in terms of name value as well. Love everything about that fight. I don't know if I can even do any better there. <laughs> Wouldn't that just be a, such a... Let me let me try. Try. Let me try. Um, this is... I'm only going to throw out another option because... We have to. There's to two of us. One. Yeah. Uh, number four, Yair Robert. Oh my God, you're throwing him up there. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't hate it though. Again, um, a guy that's undefeated in the UFC, man. So, <laughs> Arnold Allen... 17-1. and one. Yeah, I mean, he's being constantly kind of slept on. And I don't really see why, outside the fact that he doesn't hasn't really finished many of his opponents in the right, UFC. That's probably why. But Yair Rodriguez, that's fun, is fun. the highlight reel. Yeah, man. yeah. But he's found himself in a pickle. Yeah, in a pickleball. <laughs> Always, it seems. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's he's just in a very compromised spot. Yeah, he's number four in the division, but. He's probably going to be fighting backwards a little bit. The mm-hmm. top of the heap is very... They're kind of all booked now. Kind of clogged For the up most part. Outside of Zabit. Yeah. And I just don't think that Zabit and Yair are going to fight anytime soon. Yeah. So why not give Yair someone like Arnold Allen? Be, really yeah, te- makes sense. And that's a huge test for Allen. But if he loses to a guy like Yair, that's not the, nothing to be ashamed of. Because Arnold's so young, Yair's mm-hmm. so young, it's just a very fun fight to make, I think. Two styles that, while, you know, in the, the way that they're kind of physically, their stature is not too different, but they fight completely different. Mm-hmm. Yair goes for the style points. Yeah. Arnold Allen very much plays to... A very teams. methodical striker, but yeah. again, he did show the power last yeah. night, but didn't get overzealous. 
No. So he he really just showed it all yesterday. He really did. No, I was I was really impressed. That's why I, I'm I'm willing to give him someone in the top five. And but, you, you hated to see either of those guys lose. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but Josh Emmett is also a great pick. Yeah, and, I'm just ready to see Emmett back. Yeah, you know? no, I agree. Now for Sadiq. <sighs> okay, you got to be careful here. <laughs> so I'm just going to be honest. I want to avoid in my matchmaking here putting him up against another prospect because there's a fight I love, love, love. And Noah might be the one to say it, but I'm going to avoid it. A fight that was originally scheduled was Sadiq and Edson Barboza. Let's run it now. Let's try and get okay. that fight booked now. Put him up against a crafty veteran. Again, the back half of this rankings here, 11 through 15, are all up-and-comers. Let's not just throw them all against each other. Let's so, keep them fresh. So, my question for you is, since Burgos is fighting Barboza at true. the pay-per-view, That's true. would you give him the winner or loser of that matchup? Let's go loser of that matchup. I think it makes more sense with okay. Sadiq coming off of a loss. I'm glad you pointed that out. They are fighting soon. That's a banger in itself. Yeah, it is. Yeah, let's go loser of Burgos-Barboza. I think that makes sense. Man, a Burgos and Sadiq fight would be nuts, but so would him and Barboza. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with that one. Both guys that are still, I would consider Burgos a relative veteran of the UFC. Now, at this, been point, there for a little at this while. point, he's he's been in some wars, man. So, yeah, I, I, we'll go loser of that one. I'm interested to see what you have to say here. Yeah, I think you know. I think I know. Number 13, Bryce Mitchell. You bastard. I love that fight so much. Um, you're right. It, it is very much like just forcing these yeah. prospects to just eat each other yeah. before they get to the top. Um, it, it To me, it's all about kind of what are you doing? He's matchmaking. He's like, yeah, I would like to avoid that. But in this moment, I'm just thinking of where are guys at in the rankings, kind of who has a matchup, who doesn't. Right. You know, Barboza would be the tailor-made matchup for me right now. Yeah, but he's booked. But he's booked. Yeah. Now, he's fighting in a couple weeks with right. Burgos, so that'll open up in time for a potential matchup with him and Sadiq. But right now, Bryce Mitchell doesn't have a fight. Sadiq, I think, could get back in there relatively soon. Yeah, I mean, got rocked, but again, outside of that, didn't take too much damage. No, I mean, he seemed fine at the end of the yeah, fight. Yeah, Uh Give me, like, early fall time yeah, frame. Yeah, And, yeah, I, this is going to be a completely different to what Sadiq just saw in Arnold Allen. Yeah. Bryce Mitchell, while he is getting better on the feet, that's not where he likes to take the fight. That boy's nasty on the ground. Yeah. And for Sadiq, he's very well-rounded, but still growing in really all aspects. Yeah, man. Still so young. His strengths definitely lie on the feet, but even then, he's still improving on those. Yeah, strong in the clinch as well. That would be a fun fight. Very fun fight. <clears throat> and that was our fight of the night pick. I know yes. we already said that, but, I mean, what a fight, man. Just It, it was really what we thought. And, again, Arnold <laughs> Allen just showed more than I anticipated. He looked good. Yeah. It was good for him to get his name out there on ABC Network, a co-main event slot. He needed something big like that. Good for him. And our main event of the evening. My, oh, my. Marvin Vittori gets it done in for Kevin Holland. 50-44, unanimous decision on all three judges' scorecards. You know, it, Marvin did what he had to do to get it done. Yep. And for Holland, this is exposing there. There is There's now a there is now a, a blueprint. Book. There's okay. a blueprint of how to beat him. Yeah. At 185, anyway. True. It, but to be fair, this fight, you know, how do I how do I say this? <laughs> it wasn't great. It wasn't a great fight. It was really a take. Brunson and Holland, it just was, copy and paste. Yeah, it was. 
Victoria's so a little more I, active. So I told I told you, Dom, when I showed up today that I was disappointed in this fight, but I don't know what I was, expected. What I should have expected. Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like that was more a fault of my expectations. Yeah. I wanted to believe that this Holland like mental switch. Yeah. Could potentially kind of solve a lot of the problems we saw in that Brunson fight. But, but there's just clear holes. Realistically, there's it's holes. just there's holes in his game. Yeah. And you can't patch those up in Not three in three weeks. weeks. Yeah. And Vittori is a bigger guy than Brunson. Yeah. So those, those, those weaknesses are probably more magnified yeah. against a fighter like Vittori. I mean, what, what do you have to kind of say about this fight? Uh, again, kind of take Brunson Holland, copy and paste three weeks later, and here you go. Vittori, I think, was a lot more active on the ground yeah. than Brunson was from the top. But overall, and again, even on the feet, Holland clipped Vittori just like he did Brunson. So Holland's, you know, advantages are clearly in the striking realm. He can hurt people. He's long, rangy, but has power to stun you. But the takedown defense, I mean, he got taken down, I think, 12 times. Or it Is might have really even been big? more than that. I know in the two fights combined, he had been taken down... 17 times out of like 28 attempts or something okay. like that. I don't know. Some crazy stat. Vittori set the middleweight record for takedowns in a fight yesterday. I know that much. So it was 11 or 12. It's pretty good. Something crazy. <laughs> so Vittori did what he had to do to win. Holland, go back to the drawing board here. Let's discuss what's next for Holland first. How about that? Um, 170 okay. pounds. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, going to 170. And you said this three weeks ago. Yeah, I'm sticking with that. I I think uh, going to 170 makes a lot of sense for him at this point. You know, I was open to kind of seeing him continue at 185 coming off his last loss, but to see two in a row where it was very much copy-paste, and I get it, he stepped in. Yeah, right. But, you know, I'm going to stick with what I said three weeks ago. Drop down to welterweight, fight Neil Magny. And take an extended layoff. Yeah. Two, let's let's try and patch some holes. Take some time away. He he's literally now fought seven times, in just over three hundred sixty-five days. Now, or not even because he didn't yeah. start his win streak till May of last year. So that's, that's a good crazy. way to put it. Now let's be honest. He probably won't. <laughs> probably true. Uh, For him, a layoff. Just give him like I don't know eight weeks. Just give him eight weeks. <laughs> yeah. Eight weeks. Yeah, all. no, that's fine. <laughs> you know, that's fine. Him and Magny's fun. Uh, I'm Magny. Well, Again. and of course he's matched up with Neil, Jeff Neil. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, well, I get your, I get your sentiment. Yeah, he was uh, free three weeks ago when you predicted. I that know. Fight. Now I feel like I kind of need the. I don't know. You know, that's. I, I just now, think it's good to just say one seventy, man. I mean, it's gonna kill me to say. Like, I feel like the only other matchup I can think of for him right now. I mean, what if he fights Robbie? I was about to say that, but I was <laughs> gonna say that one will hurt me a little bit because you don't want to put him up against Sean Brady. Grapple or again, <laughs> yeah. man. Brady's a killer. Really, a lot of people at welterweight are booked. You know, it would be kind of a banger. Him and Lee Jing Liang. I thought you were going to say Vicente Luque. But... Oh, no. I'm not throwing him up there. <laughs> I don't uh, know, man. Yeah. there's He has options. I don't know. He's such a big name. You the know? top 15 at welterweight. Man, they're all like booked. Yeah, it is. Uh, Finally. <laughs> maybe he does fight someone outside of the top 15. I mean, if he wants to stay active. Yeah. Or if he waits and takes that layoff like you and so many others kind of want him to do. A lot of these matchups open up. I got one. I got it. Okay. Take it. Extended layoff. Get your body ready for 170. Come back. You ready? Okay. Kevin Holland, Daniel Rodriguez. Oh, all right. I like it. Big enough name. You know. Yeah. 
Why not? Do that. Won't, don't headline it or anything. Give them three rounds. But I like that. Two that's strikers. A, that's a good one. But a good enough name to get your feet wet at welterweight. I was even going to throw out, like, Nico Price. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people have been calling for that fight. So, something like that. Where, yeah, no, they don't have a ranking, but they're a prominent enough name yeah. to where you, you beat them, you're probably going to get a ranking next. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. So. Yeah. Let's no, do I, that. I definitely... There we go. And that's really all I can say for Holland. You know, it's very... He has a lot of options, but I think yeah. it's most important that he probably goes down a weight and takes a layoff. Yeah. For Marvin... Let me ask you this question before we kind of say who's next for him. Does a performance like this, does it really... Actually, I'm going to change my question. Okay. (laughs) Based off what we saw, and this is not a fair question, but I'm just going to ask it for fun. Yeah. After what you saw Saturday, how do you feel a fight with Darren Till would have went? Because I feel like Darren Till would have gave him so much trouble. Man, that's a great question. Darren Till, a very Till and Holland are so much different. I mean, they're both strikers, but Till is like as methodical as a and clinical striker as you can think of. Very tough guy to take down. And he's a southpaw, so it would have been a different stance. He is. He does have good takedown defense. I don't even know if I can answer that question, you yeah, I mean, asshole. I mean, I know That's it's not, such a hard question. It's not a fair question to ask. And then it's just making me wonder, wow, we were going to break this fight down originally. What was I even going to go with? You know, like, that would have been such an intriguing fight. I really think, for me, even though Marvin Vittori won this fight and dominated the majority of it. Till's a different beast. It's kind of like, I just, you know, he wants Adesanya next. No, I'm not just, yet. I'm sorry, but I just... I get it. He's the closest on the scorecards to ever beat Adesanya yeah. outside of Yablo. But I, like the the win over Han doesn't get you a title, right? Yeah. You know. I don't. I'm going to give the boring option. Okay. I'll let you give. Actually, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll, I'll reiterate back to you. What do you, What do you think then? If he would have fought Till, just get your kind of thoughts. As well. I think Till would have gave him a lot of trouble. A lot of problems. Uh, even with Holland stepping in on, you know, and I even said I thought Marvin Vittori was kind of good everywhere, but, but not, not great, great at one it, aspect. Yeah. yeah, but I think after Saturday, I think I kind of found out that maybe he's not very like he's he's not bad on the feet. Don't get me wrong, he's definitely. But I think better. He, he is a lot though. better at grappling. Oh, yeah. Hence and, the submission finishes compared to, and that really just showed more yeah. Saturday. I really think Darren Till might have gave him a lot of trouble. Just because of the takedown defense. The takedown defense, and I just don't... In the in the exchanges Marvin had with Holland, Holland was winning enough of them yeah. to where I was like, man, if that yeah. was Darren Till, who was coming in with a full camp and everything, yeah. I'm like, I think that this could have been a very one-sided fight for Till. See, and Vittori looked good on the feet against Hermanson, yep. but Hermanson's not a not Till a either, you yeah. know? Like... Honestly, Hermanson's kind of another guy that's just good everywhere. Yeah. He's just well-rounded. So, man, maybe we'll see that fight down the road. I hope, Hopefully. Hopefully, Till recovers relatively So, go ahead and give your pick. I'm going to give the boring, quote-unquote, pick. The obvious choice, maybe. You know what? No. No, I'm not doing it. Because I want to give Brunson what he wants. And Brunson wants Costa. So, damn it. Give him the killer gorilla. 
I just flopped it all. I just completely changed my opinion. <laughs> Give him the killer gorilla, Jared Cannonier, number three. If he wins that, he's on a six-fight win streak, and then you can say he's ready for the title. I was going to say Brunson, but I want Brunson to fight Costa because that's what Brunson wants and what he's earned. So I'm going to go Vittori Cannonier. Sorry, I just completely flipped the switch. What's funny is I was going to go Costa, oh, but man. then I kind of was like, you know what? Jared Cannonier would be fun. There we we haven't seen him since. The Whitaker loss. Yeah. In a fight that still, he did lose. And but he's scared with Dark Horse here. Yeah. Darren Till. True, depending on the layoff. That's yeah. true. I mean, it's true. Because now Marvin just fought for five rounds, so yeah. he's probably not going to be True. fighting anytime soon. And for Adesanya, Adesanya seems very interested in the idea of fighting Darren Till, as long as Darren can get a couple wins. Yeah. So if Marvin beats Darren, that almost, I think, would actually kind of give him a better argument to fight Adesanya than beating Jared Cannonier or beating yeah. Derek Brunson or... Even Paulo Costa. Like, yeah. Ranking-wise, I get it. You might want him to get, you know, Darren Till number five. You might want him to get yeah. a little bit higher, but that's that's what I'm going to say. I'll say Darren Till. All right. The original matchup just going to happen a little bit later, and the winner of that, by that time, hopefully we'll have at least Adesanya fighting somebody in this top five. Yeah. The winner of that could potentially be next. I like it. There we go. But that is it mm. for our – Results and recap for hashtag UFC Vegas 23. It's fun when you got a bunch of ranked fighters. You can match make so much more, you know? Yeah, true. As for the rest of this week, Wednesday. Coming at you. This one's a little bit extra special. Noah going big here on the special episode ideas. Hey, I just do what I do. I do my part, man. It's 50-50, you know? <laughs> but this Wednesday... Since the Reebok era has just come to a close and we open with the Venom era, I thought it'd be fun to be topical and also just talk about kind of the time period that we've really been watching closest. Our top moments of the Reebok era, ranging from UFC 189, where they debuted, to UFC 260. What were the best fights, the best moments, the best fighters? Yeah, anything. anything. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's really we're gonna compile cards, lists. you know. Yeah. It's just what what's gonna best define this era for us. Yeah. So we're each gonna give a top five list, and then we'll just reconvene on here. Yeah. And we'll just go over it. Maybe some of our options will be the same. I'd like to think we might have a open, lot different. I would ones. like to think yeah. it'd be a lot different. But we will see. Friday, we're coming at you with another preview. And another middleweight headline. This time going to be on ESPN, too. So still a big network yeah, uh, true. Big network show. A fight two years in the making. <laughs> yeah, it is. Robert Whitaker, Kelvin Gastelum. Not the matchup that was originally booked. But. But it might be a We more, like it a little better. <laughs> it might be a closer fight. Uh, Gastelum really coming in with something to prove here. Whitaker. Kind of also coming in with something to prove. This would be three straight. Whitaker looking to make a statement to get Adesanya to fight him again. Yeah. While Gastelum kind of has that advantage of, like, he did look good against Adesanya. But he did just win one fight after three losses in a row. So, you know, he's coming in here looking to just keep keep staying on track. Exactly. And still so young. Both these guys are still younger than 30. And you consider all they've accomplished? It's it's pretty mind-boggling. It is crazy. But that'll be coming to you on Friday. But until then, Dominic, tell the good people where they can find you on social media. 
Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Deasley14. More importantly, find the podcast on Twitter, on Instagram at D at BAJ underscore MMA podcast. On Twitter, we're right under 150 followers, bumping up that community over there. Bump it. On Instagram, right at 59. We're so close Bump to 60. It. Bump them numbers up. We're always bringing content as those much as we can. Those are rookie numbers. Rookie numbers. Up. Bump them up. So that's where you can find us, yeah. Cool. As for me, if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram, at ntbaker underscore, you'll be taken to our link tree, which gives you the links to all the platforms that the podcast is on, along with the social media platforms. That includes the Twitter, the Instagram, the YouTube channel, and Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcast. It's all on there, baby. And there's a couple links for the Anchor page. First, leaving a voice message. If you have a thought about an upcoming fight, a news story, if you just want to say hi or tell us we're a piece of shit, you got 60 seconds to do it. And there's another link if you want to become a supporter of the podcast. That just provides us with a few dollars a month. All that money goes back into improving the quality of the podcast, whether it be audio equipment or down the line doing a video podcast. So again, you can find all that if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at ntbaker underscore. With that, we're out. We'll see you all on Wednesday.